This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. My name is Craig Ferguson. The name of this podcast is Joy. I talk to interesting people about what brings them happiness. Here's Tom Papa, a great American comedian who feels somehow reliable. Enjoy. Am I interviewing you or are you interviewing me? <laughs> it's yeah. really funny because last night I told my wife I was coming to see you mm. and uh, we adore you. And she was like, oh, that's so great. Have you like checked up on what he's been up to lately? And I was like, no, 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 no. he's interviewing me. So I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to look at his Wikipedia page or anything. Yeah, I'm like, no, it, it, the pressure's on him. To- well, see, no, the, the trouble is you mentioned your wife because I, I mentioned to you very briefly before we started recording that you are my wife's favorite comedian. I like to hear that. Yeah, kind I don't. Of. I I don't like that. I know. Uh, I, it makes me think uh, less of you. Well, the, not yeah. less of you, but it, kind of angry at you. I'm kind of jealous a little bit. I know. Right? As soon as you said it, I I was like, well, that means that's too bad because I really like you, and I, now I, really, I know for I, a fact I liked that, you. Yeah, that you like me a little <laughs> less than you did before she declared that. Well, she's been watching <laughs> you on the on the interwebs, the uh-huh. the um, the Instagram and uh-huh. uh, all that, because she has all that. Oh, and is that where she catches it mostly? Yeah, I think so. Is that do you do a lot of that? Yeah, you know, I started. I got a group, a, a company to post my clips because it takes me. I did six that hours. Too. I to, just did that too. Takes me six hours to edit and then post right. it and tag it. I just did. I can't do it. So I got this group to do it about a year ago, and I'm telling you, 
more people come up to me at my shows and say that they were turned on to me or watch me through TikTok or Instagram right. than the Netflix or Comedy Central I or totally those things. I totally have the same thing. I just started doing it. I think it's probably the same company, but yeah. I started doing it about three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And the demographic in my audience, the age has dropped like an average of like 30 years. Yeah. Like all of a sudden there's more people and they're young. And they, yeah. They're, and I said to them, you fuckers better not be here ironically. <laughs> no, this is, I'm not I mean, Rick no. Astley. I, yeah. I want some, you know, not that there's anything I, I do like Rick Astley, both as a man and as a performer. <laughs> You're <but> right. <laughs> he got kind of ironic for a while there. Yeah, no, you want, you want young people. I, but I, I have the opposite thing where I'll look at the audience in certain spots and they're older and I'm like, so where did you find me? Yeah. Like, this must be a Facebook In, in the crowd. library. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. My book in the library. <laughs> I yeah. think... I feel like we're. I'm done trying to figure it out and I'm just throwing... I'm always mistaken about the trends and what's happening. Mm, me too. So if they say, throw all your shit this way, I'm, it's... Whatever. I think it's basically, and I am stealing a phrase from my own wife here. My wife, who you're her favorite. Love comedian. her. Yeah, you fuck. She says, you just throw toilet paper at the Hollywood sign and see what sticks. <laughs> and that's that's the entire business. And if she said, if you have to ever write down what your job is, like you don't have to say, well, I perform, I write. You don't have yeah. to do any of that. You just say, you roll up pieces of toilet paper and you throw it at the Hollywood <laughs> sign and you see what sticks. It's perfect because that sign is so big. Yeah. And the the balls are so small. Tiny that, little spit balls. That is kind of actually, act, like you have to throw that much. You have to constantly throw and you'll never Always. cover it. When you, <laughs> how long have you been out in LA? I have been back and forth from New York and LA for 20 years. Yeah, I think of you as a, an East Coast person. I yeah. Mean, I, I, like you're kind of, you have that sort of clever, good at stand-up vibe about you, that kind of New York thing. It is my roots. It is yeah. my thing. I have a hard time saying I'm here. Like, even like you just asking the question, I have to tell a story. I can't just say, no, that's I've been fine. here it's, eight I years. I mean, look, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, I have to establish. It's, it's not good if you, if you just do yes or no answers, that makes <laughs> everything very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, but uh, I shut down, we shut down our New York place eight years ago. And so we've been here full time without New York. For eight years, and you, you raised your kids over there. Then you both know. places, and then they they wanted to, the reason we s- closed down New York was they got to a point where they wanted friends. Oh, they want friends, and, uh, yeah, and they see, wanted young school. people. They, yeah, I know, very very needy. Yeah, and they started there. They were here. Then we went back. Like whenever I'd get a job, right, they would come and we'd relocate for a little while, and so and they love both. But now twenty and seventeen, they're both gravitating. My one daughter's school in the east my youngest my second is going to uh the east as well mine did that too and they both well one of them is still too young but the other one my older boy grew up here and then like since born here raised here yeah and then like yeah i'm going to new york yeah yeah and it's weird because we love new york Mm -hmm. and my wife is like i can already i can i heard a zipper the other night and she's like quietly starting to pack bags (laughs) (laughs) i thought she was like Dealing, messing with your pants. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not that simple. No, right, okay. No, she's packing up and like, we're going to go back. I think that I might end up back there as well. I yeah? think, yeah, as I hurtle into my dotage, <laughs> like as I start to like, I get, you know, indigestion a lot and I like, I have 
can't gas, see. but I can't see. And I think that New York's a great city for getting older in, if you have a bit of cash. I know? Yes, yeah. I know. It is expensive, but, you know, pretty comparable to here. Yeah, yeah, but here, you. I feel like here, people hate you if you're over 35 anyway. And, <laughs> yeah. and in New York, they kind of don't. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. When I'm here... And I see like aging rock stars yeah. at Gelson's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll see yeah. someone from, you think is from Kiss and they're, yeah, and, and they makeup. all look kind of like, <laughs> there's no, there's no moisture left in them. Right. They're kind of like, right, yeah. this is not a, I'm not throwing shade on Kiss. No, but, but lots of, there's like lots that. of crispy ghosts from the 1980s. That's perfect. That's so perfect. <laughs> crispy ghosts from the 1980s. And I think I should go where there's more humidity. I yeah. should go I should go to New York. I think also in New York, you're allowed to be older. You can get old like Samuel Beckett or something in yes. New York. You can be like kind of cranky and clever yeah. and, you know. It's, Sit in a cafe. And wear a good suit. I know. That's See, that's important. That might do it for me. <clears throat> well, because everyone in LA wears workout gear, especially yeah. when they're not working out. Well, look what's happened to me. I'm kind of dressing like a child. I literally this outfit, yeah, Converse up to a a, a colorful tee with a something on it. Yeah, this is what I was in sixth grade. Yeah, but you've added on top of the colorful tee a cardigan, which brings it back around. Yeah, well, this is yeah. my this is my this is this Italian cardigan that I've been it's wearing very for beautiful a long cardigan. time. Yeah, it's really nice. Thank you. But it is a cardigan. It is a cardigan. Yeah, which kind of puts you a little. Out. Although I have to say, again, you know, I, I'm kind of worried about this because my wife's mm -hmm. favorite item of clothing. Of all the items and the closings that she enjoys, yeah. cardigans. On herself or on you? Uh, on herself. On I, herself. I'm, I have difficulty embracing the cardigan. Why? Well, I was a punk rocker. Yeah. And sometimes well, things stick. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And I think cardigans was a symbol of uh, oppression. In the, uh, yeah, but didn't they own it? Didn't they take it on their own and have holes in it? I feel they like, did, that's I feel like true. punk had like shitty cardigans. You know what, that's right. John Lydon, or Johnny Rotten, yeah. he had a crap cardigan. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it looked like my gran's cardigan. But <laughs> my gran had a hanky, a tissue, up her sleeve. Uh, I don't think John Lydon had a tissue <laughs> up his sleeve. In which case, he's a phony. <laughs> my nana used to hide her tissue in her in between her boobs. Oh, that's where she. That's kind yeah. of saucy. That's a kind of yeah. saucy place for a grandma. She was like, just, if she's gonna wipe your face with that, it's not, got. Eh, I'm it's sure. Booby sweat on it. I'm sure. Ay, ay, I'm ay. sure. It's kind of also. The, I think it's a speciality website that as well. <laughs> that is a category. Yeah, on, I think it might be. Born. Yeah, I. I don't know. I kind of. <laughs> I'm wrestling with, or not wrestling. I'm struggling with the aging process. I turned sixty mm. this year, mm -hmm. and uh, actually, I turned sixty-one this year. You look great, thank you. And I kind That's, of feel like we're okay. I mean, we? I know the internal stuff. Well, and you're it's younger like, than me. You're early fifties. Yeah, but I do feel like we are in a profession and. The kind of artists that we are. Yeah. Age helps. It kind of does a little bit. Oh, much. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think when you're a young comedian, mm -hmm. I think, in fact, the last time I talked to you, we talked about this because when I was younger, my, my stuff was very angry. Mm -hmm. Like, who the hell, man? And walking up and down. And I'm just, 
I yeah. have a hard time putting that together now. I know. Well, I'll say that uh, you're doing great that you even remember our last interview. That's better well, than I'm doing. No, because I remember <laughs> it well because every but once a week, my wife says, you know, that Tom Papa's funny, isn't he? <laughs> did you see this bit that I've got? He did this thing on an Instagram. I said, he didn't do a thing on Instagram. He he did a special and they cut it up. He didn't do a thing for Instagram. Yeah, they, Shut up about Tom Papa. Megan. I love the idea of her just holding the phone up oh, towards you with God. my face on it. Well, it's not even that. She, what she does is she'll lie in bed and, yeah. and I'll hear her going, <laughs> you know, once, I remember, it reminded me of um, Ted Danson was on my late night show once. Uh -huh. Well, more than once, but He's a lovely guy, Ted, but mm -hmm. apparently Mary used to like watching my show. Mary, his wife, used to like watching my show, but not let him be, didn't like him being there when she was watching it. <laughs> it really made him mad. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Is who it, makes you laugh then? Who makes who makes you laugh? Like, do you watch comedians? I, I don't really watch comedians. Do you watch comedians? No, not that often. I mean, well, I have this radio show on Sirius XM. Right. And, and that, a lot so of comedians come comedians, on. Yeah. yeah, so it's really a comedian haven. Right. So I, out of respect for everyone who shows up, I'll watch at least some of what they're pushing. A clip on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some I'll some it'll some I'll go. You know, it really just depends on. Just I don't even know what it is, but my mood. Like sometimes in the car, I can throw on the comedy channel, and I really enjoy yeah hearing everybody and seeing what everyone's talking about. And then other times, it's like the most horrible idea. I, it's funny that I, I feel the same way about it. I I wonder though because you're, I feel like your comedy, which I now know a great deal more of than I used to. <laughs> I apologize. The, uh, <laughs> that's all right. The uh, I, it's actually I love it because I feel there is a there's a gentle cleverness about uh -huh. what you do is that the kind of thing that you like when you listen to it that is that uh, what you're drawn to or when yeah. you watch it maybe yeah there is definitely a um i'm always craving like a, a hopefulness my biggest um love was carlin yeah, growing yeah, up yeah yeah and um nice. and there were other great like when eddie murphy hit when i was like in high school right and, and steve martin and there's a lot of influences, but Carlin was the one, I mean, he was the one putting out, you know, specials pretty much all the time. Right. He was, was HBO like, all the time, yeah, wasn't he? It? It he was like, like when it was home box office. Like so. every two years. Yeah. And I remember there was one special and I love him being raw. I love him being, you know, thoughtful. And it's why I think his material is actually holding up more than a lot of, like his stuff is still being yeah, played you on. Still, you still see. Yeah. Him, right? But there was this one special where he didn't give you hope at the end. Like, I love hearing about the shit and going right. through all of the problems. But we're going to be okay. Or, but we can do this. Yeah. Or, but, and one, he didn't. And he just, I think it might have been the one with the with the tombstones on the, in the background. I know exactly the one you mean, yeah. actually. Yeah, and he didn't. And I was crushed at the end of I it. I didn't like that one either. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I liked it because it's Carlin, but, but yeah. I didn't like it. It's like there are boy albums, but I'm like, yeah, it's not. That's yeah. not your best. Yeah, you know, the, right. The one where, you know, what was the, some of the later ones when you're wearing spandex, you know? Like, yeah, no, yeah, you no, can't do it. You can't, you yeah. can't put that out, even if you're David Bowie. You yeah. that. So what drew you into it in the first place? Was it then as a kid? Yeah. Because I guess when you were at high school, yeah, Eddie would have been bringing out Raw around about then, which was a big youthful 
Because Eddie's only... Well, Delirious was the first one, right? It was? Wasn't Delirious? It was. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Delirious and then Raw was... Delirious was when he was like in bl in the red and doing the Ice Cream Man and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All that yeah, that's stuff. That's right, yeah. And that just exploded. That was Every huge, kid yeah. was imitating people, it. But that was the thing. You could have an, a comedy album yeah. then. Like well, that's... would buy yeah. vinyl. That's what got me into it in seventh grade when I was 12 or 13. Like, I was funny, and I was making my way. I was always funny and hamming it up, and I was in the summer where I was with older kids. Why? Were you the drug mule or something? No, everybody went to camp. Oh, and, right. And the poor kids stayed behind, and it was so it was me with, like, a bunch of older girls and guys. Okay. And uh, my way to kind of, like, not get kicked out of, of the group was, yeah. like, keep them laughing and be have some kind of value <laughs> <laughs> and that summer i i heard uh, class clown by carlin and then steve martin's let's get small on vinyl right at two different friends homes and i realized it clicked that like this being funny was a job for grown-ups yeah i suppose that i mean billy Connolly did that from the exact same thing for me would yeah. but you would listen to the album yeah and then you'd listen to it again and hold it and yeah i I don't think people listen to comedy over and over again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, but, I mean, it, it seems was, to me they consume it in thirty-second chunks on yeah on your, their phones. I know, and even on serious, like on the comedy channels, you're very rarely hearing a whole thing. You're hearing, you know, little yeah, shorter ten-minute bits or something. But you know, I was getting ready to interview someone yesterday, and. I realized, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to sit and watch his special. I just have it on on my phone and listen to it. Right. And as I was doing it, I was like, this is so much better than watching it. This is so, I love I, listening to I it. I prefer it too. I wonder yeah. if that's what's something to do behind the rise of the podcast as well. Yeah. The, the listening to it. Because I, I think sometimes when you're watching a comedian walking up and down and... Uh, Trying too hard and stuff. I know there's so much going on. Uh, Why do he wear that shirt? Yeah. What's with his face? Who does he why? think he is? Yeah. What is she? What is she? Stop trying to be handsome. Yeah. Or why are you trying to look glamorous? Yeah. You're why doing... are you being sexy? Yeah. Just, yeah. That's confusing me. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're, you're sexy, but you're also funny. I I can't deal. Um, do you use the Peloton? The that bike? You ever use that bike? The I've Peloton? never been on. Well, I I'm 60 years old, so I I have to guard my prostate jealously. Oh, and the Peloton has a seat on it, doesn't it? A, a little, yeah, taint irritator, yeah. isn't it? Would that bother your prostate? I think it might. I, oh, really? Well, once I got a fever, and is, is the prostate on the outside? No, <laughs> man, we are the worst <laughs> doctors in the world. <laughs> on the outside, what, you think it's yeah. like a convertible? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, no, it, it's uh, the, the prostate. <laughs> Isn't your By butt, the way, if you isn't never, your butt like the cushion? If anyone's listening to this show for medical advice, that's really the wrong place to be. No, the the prostate's up your bum and around the corner. Right so now. why sitting on a seat gonna? Be well, because a there's it's just like your your ass skin is just an envelope, mm -hmm. and inside the envelope is the prostate that there, and you don't want it. It's not stuff. a flimsy envelope. There's bubble wrap. Yeah, speak and... for yourself. I've got <laughs> I got a, my envelope's a little flimsy around that area. I mean they. And then it pushes up against it. And also, yeah. I'm quite large, so I'm right. pushing down right. on the prostate and pushing up on the little thing. I'm guessing right. you use the Peloton. 
I, I do use the Peloton. With a, a callous disregard for your... I put your... a pillow on my seat. <laughs> do you really? No. <laughs> but I brought it up because uh, when you said... Uh, you're you're distracting me when I'm watching when you're watching the video, and it's like now I'm thinking. And there's there's an array of uh, teachers, and you know it's a video thing, right? And these beautiful teachers out of London and New York, right? And uh, and I go with this guy Matt Wilpers, who's a gym coach. He's just a bald, white, milky. Let's let's do this. He's great. If we can, and yeah. the, the <laughs> and he's so great. If he can, and the thing that's most the, the best thing is that he's not as distracted. Like I went to some of the females yeah. who are like working it on the bike mm. and there's cleavage and they're winking at you. And I, I'm trying to pedal with my prostate and I'm like, I can't, this is you, too distracting. You know, you know what's weird? My wife is a Peloton instructor. <laughs> She's not. You know what? Just give me but her number. Might, Just she, you know what? Why are we beating around the bush? Just give me her number. When did you say they're coming to town? I don't. I don't have her number. <laughs> it's in my phone, but I don't know. Can you remember Andy's phone number? Uh, the only the only number I know in my life right now of all the most important people is my wife. I don't yeah. know my daughters. I don't know my parents. I don't know. I don't know any numbers. I plug it and forget it. The only number I can Weird. remember is the number of the telephone that we used to have in my house when I was a kid. And, I, and my yeah. dad used to answer it. He put <laughs> his jacket on first. And then when the phone rang, he put his jacket on and then answer it. <laughs> put his jacket on and answer it? That's so great. Not really, but sometimes it was like the phone would go yeah. and it was sort of... An event. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a sort of like, well, your, your dad answers the phone. He's the man of the house. Of course. And Who's... like, and he would say, Cumbernauld two one six four seven. That's and how he'd answer. That's how he'd answer. Wow. He didn't even talk like that. <laughs> that's majestic. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. What was your number when you were growing up? Or is it? If it's still your number, then don't say it. No, but I, I'm not going to say it because I do use it as part of my passwords. Oh, I never use it as part of my passwords. You don't? No. Well, not your number, or indeed my number, or else I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> yeah, but I remember that one, of course. Like, yeah. That one just it, rolls off. It's kind of the technology change is so odd to me because telephones, I think, you didn't really think about telephones. The telephone was in the house, and, mm. and it was like a kettle, or like a tea kettle or a refrigerator. Yeah. And then it just like overtook all these things and mm. became like the most important thing on earth Yeah, is a telephone. But yet... A whole generation doesn't want to use it to talk. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine about that this very day. Like, why will you text when you're driving? Yeah. You're like, it's dangerous. Call people. Yeah, when call. You're right. They do not want to use their voice. Why do you think that? Is it, is it easier to fake you out if it's a text? I don't know. It's, I don't know. A I mean, fear I've, of intimacy? Fear that, well, for my kids, it's fear that. They they think that it's a call means trouble that we're yelling at them or something like it's one of those. Well, things. does it? But they like to FaceTime. They don't like the the soul, just the voice. But they they're happy to pick up if it's FaceTime. That's weird. I feel like that too now as well. Yeah. Because uh, I think that with the FaceTime, if I'm away from home, like if you're on the road or something like that. Yeah. I put the FaceTime. I'll, I'll call my wife. I'll put it in, you know, and she has to stop watching you. And then I have to. And you see me walking in the background. Yeah, you're in the background <laughs> going, "What about this one, Megan?" So uh, a guy's on a Peloton bike. He's got he's got an outside prostate, and he's trying to work around it. <laughs> the um, I'll put it on, leave it on, and we'll talk like we talk in the house. 
Right, exactly. And it's not, it doesn't feel so far away somehow. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like you have to constantly have something to say. You can have those quiet moments. Right, you, the, the, the nothing happening thing. Or like you pass gas. And say. This is an official invitation to the Fancy Rascals stand-up show. I, Craig Ferguson, will be performing this fall in your region. You can buy tickets and check out the full list of dates at thecraigfergusonshow.com slash tour. See you there. Or not. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, everybody has stuff that stresses them out and annoys them, and I'm no different from anybody else. For example, I get very irritated that people that wear shoes that look like feet. That's not a big deal, but it's a, it's a big deal to me. Obviously, there are much more important things to get worried about. Get them off your chest. When you keep them bottled up, it starts to affect you negatively. Now, therapy is a safe place to do that. That's what I did. And you figure out what's going on with you, work it through, and then let it go. Let it go, you see, that's what, I, that's what I think. I've done a lot of therapy, and I have to say I'm a very satisfied customer. If you think I'm kind of tense now, you should have seen me before I started. I'm actually, I really do recommend it. If you can do it, you should do it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I'd suggest giving better help a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with, you know, a licensed therapist, a proper one, and then you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. I just think it's a good idea. Give it a shot. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash joypod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash joypod. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Sorry. I'm sorry I got distracted. I was just wondering if I look fat on your camera right now. No, uh, uh, these cameras that are here filming us, they, first of all, there's no one here but cameras. There's only cameras on their own, which I feel they look like they just arrived. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's nobody behind them. I bet the, I bet when everyone's out of here, the cameras talk to each other and they're like, why are those meat bags coming in here? Yeah, they come in here all the time. They kind of look like three-legged spiders with one eye. 
and they they're coming to they yeah. do look like aliens uh, they do yeah i'm kind of getting freaked out did you do hallucinogens when you were younger oh yeah did you really mm -hmm. i'm surprised i thought you were quite a wholesome character uh yeah but you did do hallucinogens yeah i loved them really mm -hmm. do you still do them no i haven't in quite some time and uh i want to okay <laughs> But, uh, Do you want some now? I could sell you some. <laughs> I know they're kind of they're readily available. Well, they, it seems to be like drugs are like you can have what you want now. My uh, friend Bonnie McFarland, very funny comedian out of yeah, New York, yeah, yeah, brilliant. She has a funny run about how uh, it's too late for global warming. This is definitely the end of times. We're definitely missed it. It's too late. Okay. She goes. I think that's why the government and the government knows it. That's why they're just handing out free drugs to everyone they're kind like, of feels here you like go. it enjoy your end of times drugs <laughs> right i mean the the uh because the entire i feel like the entire country you you still tour a lot right you yeah. still go and do road work yeah it seems to me every city i go to smells like weed everywhere we're everywhere. jamaica we're jamaica yeah it feels like i've never been to jamaica but i assume a, it smells like weed yeah and it, it, it's everywhere it really is do you enjoy that do you i don't weed? as you know like I was pretty wholesome my whole life and then and an athlete and then I got to like when high school was ending and through college I just freedom and I just uh I wasn't an athlete anymore and that's where I really got into all the fun stuff and uh it was so great and we used to pine about how this should be legal it's ridiculous why yeah. isn't this legal and now that it's legal all these years later and it just doesn't I have a hard time with it makes me moody I like being high, but the next day or two, I'm sluggish and... It makes me psychotic. It makes me really kind of down. No, it, it I'm makes, so upset I get, because I it's get, legal now. Yeah, it, it's a strange... I wish I could enjoy it, but I... I know. I stopped enjoying it very early, though. You did? Yeah, I, we used to... I used to smoke hashish. I love that. Yeah, Pakistani black hashish or Lebanese red hashish. I only had black. Yeah, Pakistani black. It was very. We used to get get this stuff called Nepalese temple balls, which was a mixture of hashish and opium. Whoa! Um, I only had opium once. Yeah, it's a sleepy time. It's a sleepy time drug, but a cozy sleepy it's a cozy time. sleepy time. Yeah, but it when I was about eighteen or nineteen, because I started very young. Like I, I tripped in acid when I was like sixteen. Wow, and it's not a good thing. To That's do. really early. It's not good. <laughs> But I, by the time I was 18, yeah. I started to experience, like, I'd get psychotic if I smoked weed. Really? Yeah, like panic attacks and, like, disassociation and, yeah. I mean, awful. Yeah, I know. It's really unfortunate. Why did you ask about the uh, hallucinogenics in the first? Um, I think because uh, I feel like you do seem like someone who would enjoy an otherworldliness. Right. Do you, I mean, are you, you, you wouldn't take them now. I want Was to, it mushrooms or it something? Was mu well, mushrooms and, and LSD. Right. And uh, it was LSD first. It, for some reason, it showed up at the end of high school. It was kind of around. Yeah. And uh, there was a time. It kind of was popular for a while. Like meth yeah. got popular for a while. Yeah, I never did meth. It no, always, I, I never did It seems so speedy. From the outside, it never looked like fun. Well, you know, I'm from Britain, so teeth are a challenge anyway. <laughs> and if you add meth on top of that, it's like, well, where are you going to go with that? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and then mushrooms 
went longer and it seemed more natural and more fun. And I remember hearing Jerry Garcia saying, or read that in an interview that he, he still likes to do it once a year just to clean the pipes out. Okay. It was such a nice way to say it. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I feel like the pipes have been really calcified at this point. But I have this weird thing, and maybe you can give me some insight on this, Doctor. The Someone gave is me, on the inside. That's it. <laughs> Someone gave me mushrooms. Yeah. And this was several years ago. And my wife was like, oh, we should take them. And I don't know if she ever has. And the idea of tripping with my wife, mm. the mother of my children, mm -hmm the co-CEO of this fraught enterprise. The one you rely on, really. When you honest. rely on, yeah. and if if one child calls... What's going to happen? With trouble or yeah. whatever. Like, it freaked me out to trip with her. Yeah. So you didn't do it? I didn't you, do it. They're still right. in my... They're still wherever they are in the yeah, house. Yeah, they, they might, it might not be legal to have them, so they're in your storage locker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't... But I, I often question, like, what's wrong with you that you don't want to trip with her is it i don't know if there's uh, something i, I totally understand that doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing at it all I, like i no, i totally rely on my wife for the sanity of our partnership right and and i can't right. have her like if she is too much <laughs> yeah. wine or something i'm like because she's not an alcoholic i'm an alcoholic so i don't drink but right but she can drink but if she gets tipsy, I'm like, well, what the fuck's going to happen now? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, the Sarge is <laughs> off. Oh, no, what's, what's no one's running the base. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's I think bad. That, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what it is. I think it is that. Yeah. I mean, it, does that, is that bad? Is it Freudian? Is it like that's your mom or something? No, I don't think so. I mean, we're very kind of equal. But what, like if she gets a cold or like she got COVID, and yeah. it's like when she's like, if I get sick, the house pretty much... It no, keeps running. Yeah, nothing really happens. Yeah, she goes down like it's. Oh yeah, it's trouble. Yeah, Megan got COVID and I had to make her a sandwich, <laughs> and it was. You know, you you've always been a hero. You know, I sometimes <laughs> you just have to push yourself the extra mile. She said to me as I gave her the sandwich, she said, "You haven't made me a sandwich since I was pregnant." <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, well, you know, you know, I don't even want to overdo it. I don't want to raise your expectation. But she just, she likes to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and they just, you just really see, like, in their absence. Oh, I'm how much is I'm living in a dumpster eating beans out of a can <laughs> if I can get a can without. I'm telling you, yeah. without her, right? It's, yeah. It's, have you been married a long time? Yes, twenty three years. That's quite a long as time. As of a yeah. week ago. A week ago, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. How did you meet? Was she in comedy? She was, uh, this is a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale? It's a fairy tale. You So she was in a castle under a spell. Right. And you had to climb up the side? Right. Of the castle? By her hair. By her hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met in New York City at a comedy club called The Comic Strip. Oh, yeah. And, um, First place I ever performed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Lucian Hold used to be. Lucian Hold. Lucian Hold. Oh, yeah. 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 Give me my first gig ever in life. Really? Yep. Wow. He was anyway, sorry, you were telling, you met in the comic strip. We met there. Yeah. And um, I had a sketch group, and she came and introduced herself because she wanted to be in it. And I was with Ian Bag, another great comedian. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah he's very funny. And um, Ian and I were, were together, and she came up and introduced herself, and it was like something sparked where she walked away, and Ian went, what the hell just happened? What was that? Like, wow. you could feel like the, with the two of us. So we're in the back in the booth 
during a show later on. Oh, so she got the job. She, oh yeah, she got the job. <laughs> and uh, she was going home for Thanksgiving. And I said, where are you going tomorrow? She goes, I'm going home. I said, where's home? Where'd you grow up? She goes, oh, you wouldn't know it. It's a small town in New Jersey. I said, Kevin, where? She said, uh, Park Ridge. I said, oh, did you have Miss Conway for kindergarten? No. <laughs> really? And uh, we had the same, I was in that same school till third grade. And then I moved one town over. We were a year apart. Wow. And uh, and then we had the same summer jobs. We were both worked in this hotel. Never met until the comic strip when we were older. That's bizarre. Yeah. So we had all this history. We knew the same people. We knew the same places. We were at the same parties. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Now, does she still work in comedy? No. She did until we had children. Yeah. And then it's a whole... And then, yeah. yeah and then uh, if we stayed in New York, she probably would still dabble in it. Did she uh, write for you at all, ever? No. no. Me Megan writes for me. She does? Uh, she doesn't really write it. She goes, this is funny. And then she says a thing and I go, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. But I don't give too much away in case it's really funny. Uh-huh. Because uh, <laughs> then people can say, wow, that was a good bit, Craig. And we go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is this weird combination where when I would run jokes by her, yeah, I don't think she said that it was funny once. Like she was always like, nah, yeah, nah. And then at a certain point, I'm like, I got to try this. I think she's wrong. And they like, shit was working. Yeah. And she, but she was just so tough. So I, I couldn't do that. But she's very funny. So like she just spouts things out and I steal them. That, I steal them. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do as well. Yeah. Megan did this one once where I thought, God, that's the greatest bit. She was just totally, she wasn't even trying to be funny. She said, <laughs> she said, you know, Siegfried and Roy, she said, that proves that God exists. And I went, okay, that's interesting. Tell me why Siegfried and Roy proves God exists. Great and she premise. said, she said, because what are the odds? Like, it, there's always someone for someone. Yeah. She said, if you're a, a young gay Austrian lion tamer walking around Austria saying, oh, what is me? I am a gay Austrian lion tamer doomed because of my interests to be alone in life, and then you bump into another guy who's also a gay Austrian lightsaber. Like, it's like, there you are, that's proof. You did that as a bit, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah because I, I... I remember it. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was from Megan saying that. Wow. Um, and that's I, great. I think that, you know, and I stole it from... Yeah, her. you have to. You ever hear Schimmel's bit? No. Robert Schimmel's bit? I know Robert Schimmel. He, yeah. I mean, I don't know him. I know who he is. Yeah. He's very funny. He had... One of my favorite jokes of his was... Siegfried and Roy that you know and the lion at the end turned and yeah and ate Roy or Siegfried <laughs> and uh he said uh I forget the complete setup but it was the lions are uh people act surprised that these lions ate Siegfried or Roy he said you take these lions from the jungle from the from the wild and you bring them to Las Vegas and you spray you spray paint them pink <laughs> and they have to do two shows a night. Two shows a at, night is where you lose me. At one point, the tiger must have turned to the other and said, this shit ends tonight. <laughs> 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 well, as it turns out, because I have to say this because people will go crazy. The tiger that ate Roy didn't eat him. It's like he'd had a stroke and the tiger picked him up like For real? They pick up their, yeah, what happens? He had a stroke and the tiger picked him up because it was worried about him. 
And it looked like the tiger was going tiger on him, but he wasn't. He was moving him. No. Because he realized he was sick. I never heard that. Yeah. And when he came around, Roy's first thing was they didn't put, the first thing he said was like, they didn't put down the tiger. Do you put down the tiger? And they said, no, we didn't do it. Because, wow. yeah. So it was, uh, as it turned out, a Disney ending to the story. That is so nice. Yeah. You're, you've played Vegas, right? Yeah. Do you enjoy it? I do enjoy it. It's confusing to me, though. Why? Because I never know who's coming to those shows. Like, whenever I have to promote a show in Vegas, yeah. I'm like, who? Is it locals that live in Vegas? Because everyone else seems to come in for 72 hours and leave. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do you like the audience? I like it, though. I, uh, yeah. I think the audiences are tricky because I always feel like the people that are coming to see you, mm. like you're part of the buffet, really. It's like yeah. you want shrimp or Tom Papa. Right. Uh, Here's some tickets to go. Yeah. But I find that those audiences are better than other casino kind of audiences. Like Vegas now is a little bit more of a city. It is. Yeah. It, it's going to, When's the first first time you played it? Am I having a stroke or do I smell bacon? Uh, I'm... You know, somebody might have passed gas. You guys um, don't smell that? But I don't eat bacon, so I don't... Did one of you guys pass gas? I think I'm having a stroke. You know, I don't think smelling bacon is a stroke, but... If I have a stroke, will you pick me bit. up in your mouth and take me Yeah, to I will lift you up. I'll put you in my mouth like a tiger, and I'll take you to another part of the stage. And then people won't put me down. I, are you hypochondriac? No. I, I well, am. I'm getting that way the older mm, I get. You are? Yeah. But you, you don't... Like, well, you don't even know. I was on my road to be, I was on my way to becoming one. Okay. How did you stop? I had I children. That. No, no, I, no, I'm hypochondriac for the kids too. For the, yeah. Hypochondriac by proxy. <sighs> it is all fearful. I it know. is. I, I think having kids is like, I don't, until you have kids, most of the great philosophers didn't have children. Is that true? Yeah. I, I don't know, but it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds good. Well, if you think of like, uh, Schopenhauer, no kids. Mm -hmm. Immanuel Kant, no kids. Descartes, I don't think he had any kids. No. Plato no. had like 20. Yeah, but Plato wrote down Socrates' shit. Now, the, right. see, we have to remember about <laughs> Plato. It's like, everybody's like, oh, Plato's so great. You go, well, he kind of wrote down Socrates' bits. <laughs> right. Socrates was doing the bits and Plato was typing. <laughs> right. So I'm not sure. I mean, I suppose he wrote Aristotle's. Aristotle's. Maybe. Uh, Chipotle. Chipotle. They, Why do you think that is? Because they because I think when you have kids, you're like uh, you your, can't think your worldview changes. Can't think of anything else. Well, <laughs> you don't have time, and yeah. the I mean, some like I think Bertrand Russell had like thirteen kids. Well, but I think it kind of makes. I mean, I don't know. Without having kids, I feel like you're missing a piece. If you're trying I, to develop a worldview and philosophy, what's why we're all here, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like without going through that experience, it seems like it was kind of like the hypochondriac thing. I was becoming a hypochondriac and because I was becoming too self-involved. It was me, me, well, and all, my thing. And then, all philosophy is that. Yeah. Isn't it? it disappears up his own ass right <laughs> past its outdoor prostate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like unless you unless you have that balance. And I'm not, I'm, 
part of me is saying this because I'm being judgmental of them, but also because I'm not going to read all their stuff anyway. So I want an excuse of why I'm not. Right, I'm it. not going to read your stuff. You don't have you kids. Like I'm Nietzsche, not reading you. you never had kids. Yeah, so I, I shut up. Yeah, I'll just yeah. read the quotes I see on T-shirts. But I think it's it's <laughs> quotes on T-shirts is, is usually enough. Yeah, and like <laughs> it sums I, it all up. I went down a rabbit hole with all that stuff for a while. Do, do, are you fun. drawn to that? Yeah, I am. You know what? I'm I'm drawn to it in podcasts. I like I like listening to people debate about it. I like the when I was like a little after college, like maybe eight ten years after college, I started reading some of it, and I realized quickly like there's no end to this. This is no. This is going to suck up a lot of time, yeah. and you know some of you get some things out of it, which are cool, but this is really endless, and no one reaches the end or has an answer. But now with podcasts, I really do like listening to people muddle through the same questions well let's just listen let's, to it let's muddle through some of those questions okay. and as a as a philosopher we're now two philosophers sitting here so, well, can i uh, yeah no does that mean that we're no longer doctors no we're doctors of philosophy okay and uh, we're kind of like dr phil <laughs> right. In the sense that we're <laughs> doctors, but nobody really knows of what. Right. And we just talk too much. <laughs> we just have big opinions. Yeah, we have big opinions <laughs> and we shout. And, uh, and very judgy of other people. Yeah, and judgmental of other people. I mean, it's like, <laughs> what you need to do? It's like, whoa, come on. Is that helpful? Sound like you're wrong to me. Yeah, no, you're you're just a bad person. <laughs> what? This isn't helpful at all. It really isn't. No. Uh, anyway, so we are both, I think we're both uh, post-enlightenment philosophers, yes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're, we're discussing philosophy after Descartes. Yes. In the modern world. Mm -hmm. All right, so Descartes in Discourse on Method. Have you read that? No. All right, so that's the book he wrote. He's quite young. Didn't have any kids. And he wrote a book called Discourse on Method, which I'm going to paraphrase it, obviously. Okay. But he said that he was going to prove the existence of God using reason mm -hmm. instead of faith. So it wouldn't be revelatory kind of like burning bush things. Mm -hmm. it, he would base his entire belief on God on reason, mm -hmm. uh, giving birth to the Enlightenment, I think. And he would only base it on stuff that he'd experienced personally. Okay, That was his reason. And I think that's the basis for stand-up comedy. Aha. Uh -huh. Of the type that you do, certainly, and the type that I do. In the searching, like that this is all searching yeah, for I think it is validation a of it's well, maybe at some level it's a search for validation, but it's also it's a search to try and explain how fucking crazy everything is or how crazy it seems to be, or or look just looking at something from a different angle. Yeah. It's not a flower. It's uh, it's proof of the existence of God. Mm -hmm. Or it's not just Siegfried and Roy entertainers. Although this is my wife's philosophy, mm -hmm. it's proof of the existence of God. You know what I mean? It's like right trying to find. But you're saying not just to solve, not just to make sense of the world, but actually to prove that there is a God. I don't know. Do you think there is a God? I do, but it's a tricky. It's a tricky. Like, we'll call it God. Right. But there's so many different definitions of what people believe right. I'm not is a God. Angry Santa on a cloud. I yeah. don't think that's real. I mean, but maybe. I don't uh, know. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's people's interpret. Like, it seems to me at this point that every organized religion, every form of meditation, every small practice, they're all 
acknowledging a presence of this constant hum. Right. That we all sense is there. And Christians interpret it and pulled it down and tried to make sense of it and say, this is this God. Right. And Muslims did that. And mm -hmm. TM says, get quiet and tune into that. Right. So I believe that that is God, right? Right. That, that thing, that, mm, that, right. That force. The, the, for sure. Yeah. I think the, but it's unknowable. It is ultimately unknowable. Well, see, I think that that is, there are areas of certainly early Christian philosophy where that was part of the deal. Mm -hmm. There was a guy called Origen of Alexandria. Are you familiar with him? No. Origen of Alexandria was a late second century, early third century. So pre-Roman Empire Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of his stuff was lost because it was burned in the library of Alexandria yeah. fire. But he was excommunicated about 500 years after he died because he said that God was unknowable and there could be no physical representation and manifestation of the deity, which is not what you want to hear when you're selling chachkas. Yeah, right? when so, JC shows up. Right. right. So, so uh, no, he very much believed in, in JC, but he very oh, much he did. did not believe in physical representations of idolatry, basically, I guess is what it'd be called uh -huh. later on. Crosses and, and, right. and uh, symbolism and stuff that you couldn't know that. And people get very upset with him because of that. But he was, but he was, he believed in Jesus. He did believe he was a Christian. Yeah, he believed in the in the idea of Christ being the Messiah. Mm. And the reason, like, I always had a problem with that until it's not that I don't have a problem with it. Now. I still struggle with it. Uh -huh. But I read C.S. Lewis. Well, you know, C.S. who wrote the the Narnia. Stuff. Yeah, he was a very big Christian apologist. And uh -huh. he wrote uh, a couple of books, What Christians Believe uh, is a very good one of them. And he yeah. talks about what you just talked about, uh -huh. which is why he's not, when he was an atheist, and of course he was at one point, he said it's too religious a position to take mm -hmm. because you're saying that everybody else is wrong. Right. <laughs> Whereas he said, if you're a Christian, you can say, well, the Hindus and the Muslims are, they don't have it right. Mm-hmm we have it right, mm -hmm. or, or, the, or if you're a Muslim, you say, we have it right. Or, but what you're not saying is that there is no God. Right. And he said it's like, right. it's like arithmetic. Like some, there's only one correct answer, but some answers are pretty close, mm -hmm. but there's only one correct answer. Right. And I still don't buy that either. Yeah. But I like your idea of the hum. Yeah, well, it's, I feel like it, for me, is an overwhelming sense of something of that that thing that god thing and we have millions of human beings trying to wrangle that down and interpret it and and you know i feel like they're all right and they're all wrong <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean were but you, i do were you raised in religion i was raised catholic right in the same church that bill maher went to okay <laughs> he was uh, older than i was but we lived in the same town and it's funny because he starts his whole Documentary against religion, religiosity, I think is called. Yeah, uh, uh, religulous. Religulous. Yeah. In front of the stained glass that I looked at as a kid from the pews. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He, he's very anti-religion. Very anti-religion. And I got a lot out of it. I enjoyed it. Uh, Catholicism? 
Yeah, just, did going, you have to, your just kids, going to church. Did your kids get confirmed and stuff? They and, didn't. No. My wife, because kindergarten, that whole story, mm-hmm. she went to the same church. She comes out on the Bill Maher side. Right. More than my side. I think I'm too afraid to, I would be too afraid to be completely atheistic as well. Because <laughs> yeah. it'd be like, like, that's when you don't want to get wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I know there's lots of problems with the church and there's lots of problems. Sure, with, but that's not the same as God. Yeah. So, but we didn't baptize our kids and one kind of gravitated away and kind of like to reason. And my other one is always looking for a church. Like she's always, she wants looking to satisfy that. And I got, and I had, I was more that way. Like I got, I liked going someplace, not as a kid, I was fighting it, you know, yeah. but I like one hour out of every week where you're just tending to that thing, that mm. puzzle, that God, that you, that spirit, that thing. I got a lot out of it. I think it made me kinder. I think it made me more, you know. Helps a lot of people. Yeah, like with all the, you know, and I, I don't practice and go to church anymore, but I still. You still think of yourself as a Catholic? Yeah. Yeah. To some degree, yeah. of endless diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results introducing smart metabolic burn from brain md your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat imagine burning fat balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks this unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula berberine which targets abdominal fat and oea which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Do you think about uh, the inevitable much? Yeah. I'm, yeah? I don't, yeah. While I'm thinking about everything else all the time. You think about, <laughs> you think about it all the time? I think about it I quite think about a lot. it pretty often. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose so. The older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, this isn't like, so distant anymore no i always i had kid. i lost some people really young like some friends oh when like high school like eighth grades ninth grade oh my ages. lord what happened oh uh, accidents i'm like i've oh. lost i've lost a lot of 
best I've lost three best friends. Good from grief. Four, from fourteen to twenty-two. That's horrible. I'm sad. It is sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was it was rough, but it was but it definitely gave me a perspective of how death is always there. It's, sure, and it 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 alleviated a fear of it. Really, right? It gave me. It didn't give me like comfort, but it gave me just a perspective that you know this is all very temporary right and so i always kind of with a little you know a little smirk was like when people would be like i can't believe she died at 85 or yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well i can't they, believe like uh, yeah people seem shocked by death when it happens or that they're or that they're heading that way right and just uh, i think from going through that early on i've always been just kind of like yeah guys yeah this is I th yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, you're, you're not getting closer to it just because you're getting older. You've been close to it all the time. All the time, it's always there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The idea of it, though, do you do you ruminate on on the apres ski of it all? Do you think of what's next? Yeah, what? I really am hopeful that it's that it continues in some form. Right. I, I, I really do. I really. Well, I I think that would I be feel awesome like if it did. When you start to, you know. When you start to, I have really hard time getting my head around physics and time and space. But yeah, like when you start to deal with like, there's all versions of this happening all the time at different everywhere. places and everywhere all at once. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it it just seems so spectacular and so magical this life. And I, that if and if what I understand these physics people are poking around. At. There's a great guy. I don't know if you've come across him. His name is Brian Cox. Not the actor Brian Cox. Uh -huh. He's an astrophysicist. Uh -huh. And he lectures, I think, at Cambridge or Oxford. One of the, like... Yeah. And he's he's a contemporary, probably, of you or I. Somewhere a little older than you, maybe uh -huh. a little younger than me, maybe. But he, like, wears Joy Division t-shirts and listens to good music and yeah. understands references that w we would understand uh -huh. and is very good at explaining uh, massive astrophysics. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's great at it. And does it does he help you retain it? Like yeah. He, he, yeah. If you look, you'll find him on, uh, have you heard, did you guys get the internet in the valley? Not yet, but it's All coming. Right. All right, We're getting so that when you Starbucks. get the internet... Look up Brian Cox, astrophysicist, okay. and he, he did. He's done a bunch of shows for the BBC. Oh, okay. He, he's at you know he's good friends with Eric Idle. Do you know Eric? Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know him, but yeah. Right. So well, Eric is uh, friendly with him, and yeah. Eric's very drawn to all of that. As yeah, well. yeah. I mean, if you write uh, that, just remember that you're standing <laughs> on a planet, that, then yeah. that's all accurate. Right. Yeah. All the physics, all the science in that right, song is right. correct, which I just <laughs> that's love. Great. That's I amazing. adore Eric. That's uh, amazing. Um. But he's very, very interesting and very, very good. And he did oh, this. Cool. He did this show for the BBC, and he was talking about the multi, the idea of everything being everywhere in time. And I, I'll screw it up because it's complicated. But basically, everything exists all the time is, uh -huh. is, is a possibility, right? But, but we can, and we can travel forward through it, but we can't travel backwards through it. It's just not, it's uh -huh. not allowed. It's like a valve. Mm -hmm. um, I, I put the word valve and he didn't use the word valve. I like it. it yeah, it, it's helping me. <laughs> <laughs> but when my father died, uh -huh. my oldest son was very young. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was four or five when when my father died, and he was very upset. Yeah, 
And we were lying in the back garden, the backyard in, in LA. And we were looking at the stars. My dad had just died and my son was crying. And he, he said, Dad, I, I don't want anything like this to ever happen to us. Mm. I said, well, you know, okay. And he said, I just, can we just stay here lying in the backyard looking at the stars forever? Oh. And I said, yes, uh -huh. yes, we can. And I thought I was just being nice to him. And years later, yeah. that kid who's now growing up and has got a lot of opinions about things and is very <laughs> smart. And yeah. We're watching Brian Cox mm -hmm. in a house in Scotland, mm -hmm. in my house in Scotland. And we're watching it and Milo was there and he's grown up now. And and he was explaining the everything exists all the time. was. And I said, do you remember that when, when Papa died? And he said, I do. I said, I thought I was just being nice to you. I didn't realize I was telling you the truth. Yeah. And then we both cried for a bit. It's, yeah. It's kind of gorgeous. Yeah. I'm trying not to cry right now. Yeah. Uh, is that be, is that but it is. Doing and I think, that, I think that that, to me, because of lack of understanding and having a scientific Brian Cox mind, I call it all magic. Right. <laughs> you know? I think Which that's is just what, semantics. I think, you know, science, yeah. is, science is magic that's been explained. Right. I, right. I think a little bit. Or yeah. magic is science that hasn't been explained. Yeah. So I, I am open to all of it, and yeah. I, I, I really am hopeful for all of it. And I like, like too much weird stuff happens all the time of dreaming and having it happen, glimpses. You know, I know people say it's coincidence, but it happens with such frequency of thinking about your wife and her calling me or like any of those kind of things that are always happening all the time. Right. I totally am all in and embracing and open to any kind of mystical explanation that this is indeed reality. I, I think that that's how I like to be with it too. Yeah. Uh, I think that is people get very upset if other people don't agree with their belief system, which I can't understand. Yeah. Like if you're so secure in your in your belief, why would it bother you that I don't believe it? Mm -hmm. Or I have a different point of view. I don't understand it. I don't need people to believe what I believe. Yeah. Well, we, because you're also, from what I can tell, open to anything. Think. You're fluid. You're not going to be static. Like, no, this is this is the way it. it, it or you know what I mean? Like, well, that. But that's interesting because if you're a Catholic. That kind of is the deal. That this is the only thing that's true. Yeah, I know, but that's why I'm not. Yeah, know, that's why you're all not in. All in. I mean, it. it's it's to deny that it, my life and worldview wasn't influenced by it is wrong. You know, it's definitely in there. Of course, but there's a lot of grown up things that I have to put aside. Right. You know, I remember being back in church with my for a baptism, and I was sitting next to my sister, and. She hadn't been to church forever, and she was like seething during the. Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Just take the good parts." Yeah, and she's like, "This is misogynist. This is I'm, I'm I'm very uncomfortable being here. I'm not into this." And I was like, "Yeah, but what about all the forgiveness <laughs> and the love and the? I know that guy's a creep, and I know that yeah. he's done some weird stuff, and yeah, that doesn't make sense. And they're just sliding abortion in there, and I know, but." Look at the look at the stained glass. <laughs> you, no, <laughs> that's, that's maybe one of the darkest things I've ever heard you say. <laughs>
You tend to though, yeah. as far as I can tell from your work, yeah. you, you tend to stay away from the controversy of that though, don't you? You kind of you 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 your comedy to me seems personal, which I it like. Is. I like that. I'm drawn to that. Because no one else can do it except Tom Papa, which is great. So if I'm watching Tom Papa, that's what I'm getting. I'm not right. doing anybody else. I don't feel like I'm I have I don't think I'm smart enough to wrestle some of the big things down and then present them as fact. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I do feel like I'm more metaphorical. Like I can tell you something about the world based on my relationship with my father or a story about being with my daughter in the supermarket. Like I can metaphorically tell tales that maybe will make sense about the world in their entirety. But for me to say, this is my stance on gun control. No, I can't do that. Either. I just don't. They're very complex issues. They're complex they're issues. Complex. And they're also, they're, they're very on fire issues. And I, I think that the reason why I started doing comedy was to try and de-escalate dangerous situations mm -hmm. that I had was in through an accident of birth. Uh -huh. So like if I'm in a violent schoolyard or is a violent environment or there's a violent place, yeah. then humor to me was this is how we stop shit getting worse right yeah, yeah. away like take everybody's mind from here and throw it onto something over here yeah yeah and i i wouldn't feel i wouldn't feel comfortable doing the stuff that makes everybody angry yeah because that's not how i got into it i know yeah that's a good point everybody already was angry right <laughs> yeah yeah and i think like, they are like, now too i think everybody's waiting for it yeah i mean probably the the biggest ones right now would be in the states is abortion mm -hmm. and guns mm -hmm. right i mean and nothing you or i is going to change anybody's mind nothing we say is going to change anybody's mind on any side of that debate at all i know but it's because it is becoming very glaring having two daughters sure and being like oh here's a list of states you're not going to live mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like holy cow but i just don't i just have a hard time like I feel like there's people that are better at it. I feel like Bill Maher yeah, Bill, can, Bill can wrestle it. down a, yeah, a Bill problem. Yeah, and he does it very well. And does, he doesn't. He doesn't care if people get mad at him. No, that's another thing. That's very. That's you got to have that. You have to be built that way. Yeah, Bill. Bill is like people when people yell at him and call him names. He's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like, I care deeply. Me too. Oh my! That, I tell a joke about a cat and someone yells at me. I'm like, I didn't mean it. Yeah. That's a, I get that too. Like if I get someone, if I got a negative thing on a like, I never read comments except when I do. And right. when I do, I'm like, oh no, I, it's I can't. I never read comments unless. I sense that they're going in a very positive direction. Right. Then I'll soak them in and then they sure. hit you with a bad then, one. <laughs> so then there's the crazy. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, people used to yeah. say, I remember at the beginning people were saying, if you read the good reviews about yourself, yeah. you have to read the bad Do ones. Do you? No, you don't. You only have to read the good ones. I'm with you. I'm yeah, so glad you, you said only that. Only have to read I always the good hear ones. that. Only read good reviews about yourself. Yeah, why do I have to read the bad It's ones? like when people say, my wife is my toughest critic. I say, like, <laughs> then your marriage is fucking doomed. <laughs> my my wife, like like I'll say stuff and she'll go, you are so great. Thank you. You're, you're nearly as good as Tom Papa, she will say. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just stand there with my wife and she's not giving me enough praise and I just kind of like linger like a puppy. <laughs> And then she's, you can see her clock it and be like, you're really great. I'm like, oh, thank you. 
right. That was Thank happening you. this morning with Megan. I was getting all huffy because she was telling me how good you were. And I was like, I know he's good. That's why I asked him to do the show because I know he's good. She went, yeah, but, you know, he's really good. And I went, yeah. And then it was a, a horrible moment. She went, you know, he's not you. And I went, right. yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Right, it's exactly. too late. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. Tom, it is a, a joy to talk to you. You too. I, I, I really am a huge admirer of of your work. Likewise, I don't know if you are who you say you are, but if you are who you say you are, then I'm a huge admirer of you. If you have a, <laughs> if you have a secret double life where you're being horrible, then you know I'm pretty. Uh, this is pretty much what you get. I think. I think that's word on the street is <laughs> yeah that that you are that guy. Yeah. yeah. You work with Joe Bolter, of course. I know. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking, I really enjoy talking to you a lot. And, you know, we see each other not often enough. Right. And I, I feel agree. like even when there's no podcast going on, we should we should hang. I think that'd be a lovely thing. It would to be do. lovely. Yeah. And it would be really cool. And we can keep the wives out of it, but mm. it would be really cool just because I know it would probably bother Joe Bolter. And that you and I ultimately become friends. That's a good thing. Now, Joe, for those of you who don't know, which I presume is most people, <laughs> Joe is the producer of your show. Yes. And Joe uh, writes for me sometimes. He's very uh, funny. He's very funny. And also, he was the front end of the <laughs> pantomime horse on the old Late Night Show. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you see Corden wrapping up that show, mm. what do you get? Because there's financially not much. Because <laughs> no, I mean, what do you get from his experience in like wrapping it up? Because you wrapped it up kind of early. Uh, like, he, uh, there, he did eight years. I did ten. Yeah, and um, that's you know, and a lot of other guys go for twenty or thirty years. Yeah, I think James and I had an advantage over uh, because if you watch Trevor Noah wrapped it up too. True. And I think what you, if you grow up in the United States and the tradition of late night is soaked into your bones. Mm -hmm. Like from the, then, then you have a reverence for it uh -huh. that I never had. I don't think James has. Got it. And I don't think Trevor has it either. I think it is, it's a gig. Right. And it's a good gig and it's lovely, but yeah. it's also, you wear a suit and you sit behind a desk. And I come from a, you know, a, a whole ethos which the worst thing you could do is wear a suit and <laughs> yeah. sit behind a desk. You were always clawing it off in little yeah, increments. Yeah, I, I mean, and it was. And I think that, in all honesty, I think that's what it is. Uh -huh. That if you're born into it, you can stand it longer. I remember saying to James, you'll stay 10, but you'll want to go after eight. Uh, uh, he said, I said, you want to go after six? Because I wanted to go after six. And, uh -huh. and, and he said... Oh, I I don't know what I'll do. I went. Ah, that'd be my guess, uh -huh. and <laughs> and he stayed longer than I thought he would. Mm -hmm. I stayed longer than I thought I would. Right? Would is it something you would ever do? Are you drawn to that? No, I I was early on. It seemed uh, it's. I like hosting things. Yeah, I do like hosting. You're good things. at it. Thank you. But it's but that gig. I you just I don't know. I don't. It doesn't have the appeal any longer. I think. I think the. The place that it has in the culture is kind of got it changed. Changed, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's not the. I host other things. Yeah, you know, I host these radio shows and podcasts and things, and it's like we're doing enough of that. I'd rather take with the other energy and put it towards writing my books and maybe I making think that, a film. That's ultimately how I felt. Wasn't yeah, that it was. It was making me do the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again. But I, I will say this that. What really did it for me, and this was about f five or six years, 
If you walk into a, I, I noticed it after five or six years, but it was happening from the very beginning, from the first day. Uh. You walk into a building and your photograph is everywhere on all the walls of the building, all yeah. the offices, everybody's office. There's photographs of you everywhere. Yeah. And then all the stationery and all the paper and all the mm -hmm. envelopes that all has your name on it. Everything is your name is everywhere and your photographs everywhere. And there's about 150 people there. And all they want to do is make sure you have a good day. Yeah. It's fucking hell. Really? It's hell. Really? And I didn't realize that because it, it's not, that's not real. That's crazy yeah. time. It is crazy time. Yeah. But there is a part that sounds very appealing. Yeah, it, it does sound very appealing. Yeah. And I think to an, an adolescent narcissistic personality like mine, right. it was great. Yeah. Until there's a tiny little chink of human decency in me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't fucking live like this. this is yeah, crazy. a little and also, humility. And it makes you paranoid. You think everyone's lying to you. Oh, really? Yeah, and you also think anyone who says anything negative to you is your enemy. Oh. Yeah, it's, fuck, it's messed up. It took me a while to figure it out. You ever see that Steve Harvey thing? That Remember that it leaked uh, like a, a memo basically to everyone on his no, talk show? No, I didn't. Of how to act and how to... Oh, God. It kind of has shades of what you're talking about. Like, he's in this rarefied space. Yeah. But it's driving him crazy. Yeah. And all the little things are real. Like, it was like, when not to knock, when to, you know, when yeah. when makeup, with like, all the little, like, it was a little... It's nutty. And also, nutty. people tell lies about you as well. Mm -hmm. the, because people, they're, what forms around you, and it's not you, it's just the position you're in. So what forms around you is access is the currency. Mm -hmm. Access to the host is currency. Uh -huh. So people jostle with each other about how to get access to you. And what happens is, is they will tell, this is the lie that you hear about everyone. I first heard it about Letterman. I also heard it about Jennifer Lopez. I've heard it about a bunch of people. And it's this, don't look at them directly in the eye. Yeah. They, have you heard that one? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I fucking heard it about myself. Did you really? Yeah, I was like, don't look at them directly in the eye. I'm like, who the, what the what the fuck about me <laughs> yeah. says to you don't yeah. look me directly in the eye but yeah. that so they do that so the what happens is you as the person that no one's looking you directly in the eye think god everyone's a bit cold right. but the people who do you look you in the eye you get well, well at least this guy can look me in the eye yeah, yeah. and you can you can talk to them did you uh did you feel creatively doing the show doing your things I felt the Joe in a, that's, in a that's fine because uh, that was fun. Yeah, because once you get to the stage, everything's different. Because yeah. I wrote pretty much on stage. Right, right. Your monologues so, were very different. So it was. I felt okay with that. Do yeah. you feel like when you do you feel creatively hemmed in when you're hosting, depending on who it is? Maybe. Yeah, it's a little. You know, I'm very curious, so it's like fun to talk. And, it, and ours is comedy based, so right. we very rarely have an actor who I'm not interested in, who I've got to <laughs> yeah. go through five minutes with. Yeah. It's usually a comic of some regard finding their way and it's kind of a comfortable space. I do sometimes get a little bit like, I should be, I should be writing instead of talking about yeah. this guy and his career. Just remember Socrates though. He didn't write anything. 
didn't write a fucking thing. Nothing. Yeah, and everybody thinks he's great. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly as well, is because I, I feel like I want to touch on it, although I don't want to kind of bang on about it. But the you know the the thing right now, the word that people use is woke, obviously, but the idea uh-huh. of you can say things and not say other things. And yes. we, we talked about it when I was on your show uh-huh. a little bit. What's your position on it? Do you find it inhibiting? Do you find that even a thing in your life is it something you complain about or I think it was a useful, I mean, woke awakening, right? Yeah. That word, it was a, Hey, let's wake up. Let's snap out of this for a second. Right. Should we be saying this about gay people? Is it, should right. we say this about heavy women? Should we like, yeah, it was like, okay. I mean, you know, from going through the clubs and stuff early sure, on, yeah, it was like I've the stuff that people were yeah. saying, we're like, yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And it was, I think that was good. I think that was positive. I think mm-hmm. it was I think it was cool and I think it also in the comedy world it gave room for a lot of people, a lot I, of you different know, I, voices. I agree. I think it opened up comedy to yeah. people that were weren't getting in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're hearing all these different voices and it's great. I think that was all very positive. And then I think there's a negative side to it where people are using it to advance themselves. Yeah. It's a power thing. Mm-hmm. And People are getting, you know, there's the big cancels yeah, and the big debates and all that kind of stuff. But there's also a very subtle under thing of, of people not, people losing opportunities and things based on, just on who they are. Sure. And that's anti-woke, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. kind it, of like, it's, a, a, it's, it's like a, ra- a racism kind of gone around the wheel. And there's a lot of that. And I, so I think it's been abused. I think like, Humans will take advantage of any situation to advance themselves. Mm-hmm. Certain humans will do that no matter what the situation is. Yeah. I think the only thing that I felt but it was the idea of shouting down the blue hair kids. If you were like a big timey successful comedian, mm-hmm. seems a little like bullying to me. And I, I, what I do you mean? Well, you know that like you would go <laughs> like I remember because I was doing it. I was like, uh, I was to that same kid that I was telling you about my son. I was like, "No, you can't say what you want to say anymore." And he said, "What do you want to say?" (laughs) (laughs) I said, said, "Well, what do you want to say that you can't say?" Well, well, nothing, but other guys can't say. Fuck them, Dad. You know, I mean, what can you not say Mm. that you want to say? I said, "Nothing, actually." Yeah, Uh, there is a there is a a part that. I feel like we're not celebrating each other anymore. Like there was, it was fun to talk about what we are and, our, and, and the differences and the warts. Yeah. 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 Like my Italian family and make all those yep. jokes about that. Yep, and, yep, yep. and the Chinese family and make all the jokes about that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it was like, it was cool and it was fun and we are different and we do grow up. You know, you talk to all comedians. And if I talk to Russell Peters, he'll go off about yeah, Indian of course, families. Yeah. And it was just like, and it's great. And, and I love that because it's all families and it's all culture. And I love that soup and that you can't even say where that person came from or where you came from or yeah, like no. that part. It's, it's, I think it's the algorithm. We're not that's celebrating not people. It. That's just, that's just AI getting in the way of human interaction. Yeah. It's like, you know, making people believe they all have to be part, they have to agree in order to get along. Right. I mean, I've got friends, good friends who I think are, you know, assholes. 
But yeah. they're my friends. Right. You know, so, <laughs> right, exactly. What, what can you do? Yeah, I um, was I was trying to work this out on stage that uh that you know there's no secrets anymore. Like we've mm. we've kind of through technology and research, we've kind of unveiled everything about everybody, you know. It's like and it's kind of it's kind of upsetting because you don't have any heroes anymore. It's like, well, Martin Luther King, you know, cheated on his wife, or mm. JFK did this, and all these people, and it's like, and we're tearing everything down. But I, I'm hoping that the it, it seems like we have to come out of it with the understanding there's no perfection. That kind of is going yeah. to be the lesson that nobody's the perfect. good things that they did yeah. should override the small foibles that they. Well, and also that that be realistic about about what life is. Mm -hmm. Like I I I've been doing this thing in the act recently about you know when Meghan Markle and Prince Harry said there's a racist in the royal family. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> it's a family. <laughs> right. If you don't know who the racist is in your family, it's because it's you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like even any Thanksgiving dinner where Grandpa starts talking, he, yeah. here it comes. Yeah, here you we know. go. We got uh, it. <laughs> and I think that. People can have views which you find distasteful. Yeah. But I mean, look, I I had one joke in a special and it cost me a game show. What? Yeah. And, you know, for my work, this isn't coming from a hateful place. Yeah, yeah. The joke was misinterpreted. And I knew what I was doing and it was very clear in the joke. And someone saw it in my special and they caused a problem at the entity. And they... So we don't have it now. And in analyzing whether or not they started going through all my stuff when yeah. they were trying to figure it out, Craig, they went through all my every 30 every years piece of work. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I don't know how many six Joe Rogan, three hour podcasts each. Like uh -oh. they went through everything, <laughs> could not come up with one thing. Yeah. And you have this one joke that was misinterpreted and they tore it all down for that. That's so like fucking stupid. So for that, yeah, that's why I'm very cognizant that it can go too far. Yeah, and then it and that does sound like it. Yeah. yeah. So it it it's gonna take an adjustment. We we kind of blew it up. This is nice, and we can all the positives. Now it's gotten too far. Where's the balance? Where, where are we gonna find like? Okay, we all we're all better as a culture. But we haven't lost our sense of humor. From your mouth to God, whatever that is, um, ears. Yeah, I don't know if a, if a vibration has ears. Probably has a lot of them. Yeah, maybe mostly <laughs> ears. <laughs> that's, the, that's why he hums. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth, no matter who you are, that mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's better. 
H-E-L-P.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more more info now.